0: Almost dropping my phone, I jerked up, heart in my mouth, scanning the square for any sign of movement. Nothing. I shook my head, the panic waning. It was probably just a pigeon, I assured myself. I began to dial my home number, the cold numbing my fingers, though I glanced up every few seconds, willing my breathing to slow. But no, something had moved. A shadow had flitted across one of the huge fountains, too quick for my eyes to discern a shape. The square, on the other hand, was deserted, save for a few panicked pigeons taking flight. I shook my head, pressing my phone to my ear. The line crackled, ringing feebly and breaking every few seconds. I tapped my foot impatiently. Come on, I muttered, glancing at the screen. Full signal. My eyes wandered as the number dialed and dialed, lingering on Nelson's column, towering hundreds of feet in the air. The blazing floodlights that lit up the statue at the very top flickered like a flame in the breeze. They stilled again, as intense and bright as before. I shivered, but not from the cold. I prayed someone would answer the phone, but the line crackled and with one last pitiful ring went dead. I stared at it, wide-eyed, before adrenaline began to rush into my veins, an instinct cut in. I slipped off one of my heels as my eyes glued themselves to the column, watching in disbelief as the shadow I had seen just moments before swept across the statue, vanishing from view as quickly as it had come. Fumbling with the last strap, I wrenched the other shoe from my foot and snatched both up in my hands. I started forward, but no sooner had I taken a few steps. I froze, rooted to the spot. A gang of men, clothed in brown coats and carrying long, sharpened canes, were descending the steps. Their grim, weather-beaten faces were dark and heavily scarred, every brow set in an unwavering, determined line. Their heavy footfall rang in my ears, pounding out an uneven march on the paving as they moved ever closer. Stunned, I shrank back into the shadows, silently crouching behind the bench, hardly daring to breathe. I tried to make myself as small as possible whilst inching towards the edge of the square. The man at the head of the group barked something, and the men spread out, creating a line as wide as the square, stretching from one fountain to the other. There were easily thirty of them. As one, they came to a halt just in front of the column, only their coats moving as the wind billowed in the fabric behind them. Not even the trees made a sound. Every one of the men looked straight ahead with unwavering concentration, watching and waiting. I glanced towards the top of the column, but the statue was bathed in light as usual, the only shadows being those cast by the men and the trees that I sheltered under. A few leaves drifted languidly to the ground, settling on the bench beside me. Then it happened. The square came alive in a frenzy of movement, and out of nowhere something sprung from behind the trees, soaring high above my head and landing without so much as a stumble on the hard stone, about ten feet away. I blinked, not believing that my eyes had seen a person, but before I could take a second look, whatever it was had disappeared. Taken as much by surprise as I was, the line of men staggered back a few paces in panic. Those at the very end of the line edged inwards, Order only restored as the man I presumed to be the leader raised a hand. From his coat he pulled a silvery baton, one end sharpened to a lethal point. With a flick of his wrist, it became twice as long. He spun the baton a few times, as though admiring the way it glinted when it caught the light. His lips curled into a satisfied smile as he stilled, waiting once more. The leader was quite young, twenty at the most. Tall and lean, his face was free of scars unlike those around him. His hair, cut short, was bleached so it was almost white, a stark contrast to his leathery coat and tanned skin. His smile widened as his eyes darted towards the figure that had landed so close to me. I drew in a sharp breath, expecting him to spot me, but his attention was whipped away as a man stepped out from around the fountains. No, not a man but a boy, not much older than I was. His eyes were sunken, skin ashen pale and almost translucent.